G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision 180. Live different. Different. We're joined by the amazing singer and songwriter, Kobe James. How are you, Kobe? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good. Now, I want to hear how you got... So, you're 19, is that right? I am. I'm turning 20 in like a few days. Oh, a few days. I knew it was soon. It is. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Are you doing anything special for your birthday? Um, well, the new Spider-Man movie is coming out the day before my birthday, Heck so yeah. I'm taking a bunch of friends to go see that. Heck yes. Oh, I, hope it's, I hope it's as good as the last ones. I know. Me too. I'm excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I want to go back to when you started doing music. Yeah. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I, I grew a love for music uh, when I was 15. I started making little songs in my bedroom, little demos on GarageBand, uh, just fell in love with it. And they were kind of pop songs and stuff, but just like random little love songs, they weren't very good, let me tell you. The early stuff, I hope no one ever <laughs> hears. But um, <clears throat> my dad thought so that I had a little something going on. So he ended up getting me an old 2013 Mac um, Mini. And I got a little studio software and started just producing and writing music in my bedroom. And I ended up making a couple albums and playing lots of shows around town and ended up um, connecting with a manager in CCM Music. Mm. Um, I was playing a bar one night, funny enough, singing Christian songs in a bar. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, and he ended up hearing me and just wanting to take me to Nashville. He, he was like, I really think you have something. So he went to Nashville, started the whole journey there. And from then on, it's just been uh, it's been one thing after the next, and I have been so, so blessed wow. and thankful for it. So how old were you then when he's like, hey, come to Nashville? I, I'd like to say I was probably 16. Um, wow. I was 16 turning 17 that year. Yeah. Wow. So what did your parents think about that? Of like, okay, we're going to pack up our life and move to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, they were, they were so supportive. I had amazing parents. Um, and I still have amazing parents, but they, they were super <laughs> supportive in the early stages. Um, and they, they t- wanted me to go and I went to Nashville, like every two weeks I'd go and, and write a bunch and connect and meet new people. Um, uh, and my dad was just a huge, huge factor in that. Yeah. And so, um, I ended up moving to Nashville in, uh, 2020, the, uh, the week of the shutdown, wow, the pandemic good shutdown. Timing. That's when I moved in, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, uh, I kind of got messed up with that, but it was almost a blessing in a lot of ways because, you know, I had no idea how to do regular life. I was fresh off of turning 18 when I moved mm. here. And so I didn't know how to grocery shop. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to yeah. like, cook. like I had no idea. And so in a lot of ways, uh, moving when I did helped me because it was a slow uh, adjustment into learning how to do regular mm-hmm. life. And so you went straight into lockdown after that. I did. While you're trying to like meet new people and write new music. That's so hectic. It was very hectic. And I was actually on a tour the day uh, everything shut down. I was out with Danny Goki um, on a uh, spring tour. Wow. And we were, I don't, I don't remember what state we were. Oh, we were in Connecticut. And um, I remember I sat at my merch table and then everybody was like whispering about this crazy thing going on. And Sure enough, we packed up that night and drove back home, and it was it was so wild. Wow! So, did you get a lot of time to write music and focus on your music career while you were 
in lockdown? I did. In a lot of ways, it was a blessing because I really got to hone in on what I wanted to sound like. Um, in <clears throat> Around November, um, I ended up writing Brand New, which is the song that we took to radio, and I was so stoked about that. And I don't know if I would have necessarily gotten that if I hadn't had as much time to really hone in on writing um, as I did. So in a lot of ways, I'm thankful for it. Totally. And you mentioned Brand New. Can you tell us a little bit about that song? We're playing it at Vision 180 and we are loving it. Oh, How did that all come about? Oh, my goodness. That's so, so amazing to hear. Um, Brand New was a song that it, it's definitely a happier song. And I think I struggled to write happy songs in the beginning of my music career because I didn't know how. I didn't want to come across corny at all. But it's funny because we should be so – it should be a celebratory thing to talk about Christ and what he's done for us. So um, I I started writing some happy songs, and we went into the studio that day, and we were talking about salvation and how important salvation is to Christians. But the conversation shifted, and we started talking about how – Every single day we have a new beginning and God's mercies are new every Mm. single morning. And I think that's just a beautiful sentiment and a beautiful thought. And I wanted to write a song about that. And so we kind of started with this like jazzy piano loop, kind of had some soul to it. And we took it from there and really built that track out. And the melodies just came easily. Um, And then from then on, we were just like, we were sold. And we wrote it in, I mean, probably two hours, three hours, we wrote the song. Really? Wow. It was quick. And and I always feel like uh, the ones that are the best sometimes come out the quickest. So um, it was such a cool experience. And you like to write. So do do you like to write by yourself? Or do you like to collaborate with other writers when you write music? Um, I think it depends. I think there's certain songs that you can't write with other people. Like there's personal songs. Like I released a song called three years Mm. old about my brother. And that's a song Mm. that I don't know anybody else could have helped me write. Like that one just came from the heart and that I needed to get off my chest. But, but I'm a a very social person and I love collaboration. Like I just like, I live and like breathe off of it. So in a lot of ways, Mm. I love a room filled with different creative minds because they'll say things or think of things that you never would have imagined ever because songwriting and melody is, so a part of people's DNA. Like you, I won't come up with the same melody that somebody yeah. else will. And sometimes it's nice to get that fresh, that fresh thing, that something different that you wouldn't yeah, necessarily totally. come up with. And I saw that you wrote the song or who are, who we are, Courtney Ramirez. I did. Did you write that one as well? I did. I was a writer on that song. Uh, that was a really, really fun day. We were um, at one of the, we were at a producer's house and uh, Courtney was on Zoom, funny enough. And so there was a little bit of a ah. weird connection with uh, the Zoom stuff. And it was so weird to work around that, but it was a lot of fun that day. And I was really, really uh, proud and happy of, uh, of that song. I was really proud of it. So I want to know like the process when you're trying to write music and you're, everyone's on Zoom. Oh my Do you kind of like go away and one person does a melody and then one person does a riff and then you kind of come back to Zoom and go, hey, what do you think? Or like do you actually write together while you're on Zoom? Like how does that work? Yeah, you generally just write together on Zoom. It depends. Sometimes there's wow. different scenarios where people go away and do different things. But um, generally it's just a simple like – you know, somebody is says something, you're like, oh, I love that. And you treat it just like you would if they were in the room with you, except you are have, have a little bit of delay in the <laughs> screen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but it kind of goes pretty similar to, to how a real session oh, goes. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so it wasn't too much of a drama being, yeah. lo- being in lockdown throughout it all. No, it wasn't too, too much. I mean, I'm a very big social person, so interaction with people is my uh Me too. my favorite so it was definitely tough to not have yeah. that you know so back to brand new i was watching the film clip this morning and i love it very good acting yes, thank i have you. a question though 
How many times did you have to jump in the pool? Because you're dry a lot of the time when you jump in the pool, oh, like you're yeah. clothed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, he must have had to do that a lot of times and then have to get changed again and, like, dry your hair again and then redo it again. Like, was that a big process? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we spent a whole day on that. It was so long. I mean, probably 25 times I yeah. was like, I mean, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> That's an exaggeration, but it was it was a lot of times. Let me tell you, Mel. Like I, I my hair because there was like chlorine in the pool. My hair was so dry by the end of it. It like wouldn't even like work. Strawry. I was like, this is, it was literally like straw. I was like, this is it. Like it's over. And so um, it was a lot, but it was kind of fun. Like I got to fall in the pool like a tons of different ways, and so that was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And did you actually hurt yourself when you fell off your bike? I did it. Because that was you, right? It wasn't a stunt no, guy. No, no, I'm a bit of a stunt double myself. So, <laughs> so I just went for it, honestly. Like I just, I said, you know what? If I get hurt, I get hurt. But this is part of it. Like this is going to be a great bit. And so we did it. And you know what? God was protecting me. <laughs> That's commitment. I tell you. <laughs> commitment. And the like, things you do. I commit to the craft, Mel. Come on. Oh, you sure do. That's for sure. No, I loved it. It's such a good film clip. <laughs> Thank you. I and uh, can you tell us also about mixtapes? Yeah. Um, it's so, so good. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so the mixtape projects are some of my little love letters to just music in general. Um, the first one was, it was really cool when the idea was kind of proposed to me because I had so many songs that weren't radio necessarily, but I wanted to release because I was playing them all live. And so um, the ah. first one was a really fun one to get out. But the second one, um, I, I self-produced all of that. And so um, really? I, I did. And so a lot of those songs like um, Three Years Old and Try were both were all just done like me, basically just me in my studio and, and recording that wow. stuff. And it was just really, it was a very intimate uh, EP. And it's one that I love to play out live. Like, there was a time where I was playing this song three years old um, at almost every show I played and people would always come up and say like, Oh my gosh, like where can I find this? Like, can I buy a CD with this on it? And I would always be like, I'm sorry. Like it's not released. Like um, I don't know. And it was, I was just so happy that we got to put that out on a mixtape because now there's a tangible copy that, you know, people can buy at shows because um, it's a song that seems to resonate. With yeah. People. And, uh, and for me, okay. So I can hear a few uh, influences from Room for Squares from John Mayer. Is there any? Yeah. Is there any John Mayer influence in that album? Get out! You called it. Oh my gosh! Yes. You know, no, until I met you, I was like, hang on, I know that riff. And then yes. I looked up No Such Thing and I was like, hang on a minute, there's got to be a bit of John Mayer in there. Yeah, it's a, it, I took a little yeah. bit of that DNA from it. Um, it's, it's, I love that. There's a couple of little lines in there too, if you listen, that have like a little reference to him. But John Mayer is a yes. huge influence in my career. And that song was in a way like a love letter to kind of like his old Rupert Squares album. That album meant like so much to me growing up and yeah. still does to this day. Like I, every time I go on a road trip, I just throw that album on and I just listen to it the whole way. No way. Yeah. Oh, me too. M- my husband and I are massive John Mayer fans. Yes. So I was like, we were, we were listening going, hang on a minute. And then I saw you put up a video on your um, on Facebook and you had the Continuum Jumper and I was like, I yes. knew he's a John Mayer fan. I knew it. <laughs> yes, you called it. Well, if you ever see me play live, I do lots of guitar work at, on my live shows. So it'd be so much fun because I, I, I think you'd appreciate it. I, a lot of, lot of influence oh. on Mayer. I would love it. And 
So you were saying that, talking about being live, are you ever thinking of coming to Australia? I mean, if Corona aside, if, if everything goes back to normal, would you ever come up this way? Oh my goodness, I'd come now. Are you kidding me? I mean, I would love to just go surfing in Australia, let alone play. Heck yeah. But like, um, <laughs> but I would do anything to come to Australia. I just need the people to ask me, you know what I mean? All it takes is somebody to ask me to come and I, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Um, I, Kobe. <laughs> come on, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. No, 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 I'm ready. Like whenever. All right, let's do it. I'm ready whenever. My, how about my people will talk to your people and we'll get this happening. Your people will talk to my people. We'll get it on the calendar. It'll be great. <laughs> That'd be but epic. The only way, the only way I'm coming is if I get a, a day to surf. That's the only way I'll come. So I'm, I'm sure we could arrange that. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. And you touched on three years old. I think that's actually one of my favorite songs oh. that I've heard on the albums. Can you tell me how that one came about you wrote that all by yourself <laughs> yes so I um I actually wrote that one right before I moved so I was really close to like leaving the house um my brother was actually gone for like a week somewhere and I was just like I was actually watching the Ed Sheeran documentary off his album Divide and I was just like yeah. wow it's just so beautiful like how he wrote all these songs and I got really inspired and I went on my bedroom floor I just sat down and pulled my acoustic out and I just kind of started writing and like the, the line, like you were my rude awakening at three years old, like just kind of was in my head and that, <clears throat> the song just kind of flowed and it came out really e- easily. Um, I definitely did some revisions and some tweaks. Like I remember tweaking it a lot, but I remember bringing it downstairs to my parents and just being like, what do you guys think? And they loved it. Mm. Um, and it made my mom cry, my dad cry. And I always know it's like a, it's a good song when I can get them to cry. If I can get tears, then it's a winner. But Aww. um but I remember how important that song was to me. And um, <clears throat> there was some back and forth with the label. Some people at the label loved it. Some people didn't. Um, and so it just never got released. And um, that was really tough because I really wanted it. And so I actually ended up playing it uh, this spring on uh, every single night on the tour. And oh, every yeah. single night, people came up and just got to talk about it. They were like, that song meant so much to me. I thought about my brother. I thought about my sister. And it reminded me of this. Or, you know, they had a past sibling, like, it just like it. Re- mm. It's crazy how that song resonates in so many different ways in people's lives. Mm. I think that's so beautiful. And so after that tour, the label was like, "Okay, it's time to put this out." Like you're right. And so we got <laughs> that. But funny enough, um, funny enough, I actually went home to visit my family and brought my studio gear because I had a deadline on the album and ended up recording um, the, the three years old song in my old house that I grew up in with my brother. Really? <laughs> oh. And I thought that, that's so cool yeah and so in the beginning of the song you can hear like a home video and like I ran downstairs and grabbed the home video and recorded it and like it was just like very like therapeutic in a way to like it was, it was kind of like a beautiful bow tie on that song like getting to record it where I grew up you know yeah I love the personal side to it yeah. as well that's really cool yeah thank you so if you could choose between playing or songwriting what do you prefer oh man um i <laughs> well, I'm a big, I love production, music production as well. And so I'd say I'd probably pick playing live, but I would probably p- put production right beside playing live, like producing out mm-hmm. the music. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I, 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 you're quite clever at your production as well and your lyrics, as well uh, as your mean guitar skills. So I'm like, hmm. uh, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. You're too kind. I appreciate it. <laughs> So speaking of your guitar skills, like when did you start learning guitar? I started learning guitar when I was about seven, but I never really fell in love with it until I was around 15. 
Um, and that's, or actually 16. That's when I really started like grinding on it. Um, I, I listened to a lot of John Mayer at that point. I was learning a lot mm-hmm. of his licks and trying to just figure out, I was listening to lots of blues too, like old, old blues, like BB King, uh, and then even Stevie Ray Vaughan and yeah. Jimi Hendrix and like, uh, Freddie King and all of the, the classics. I was listening to a lot of that just to get mm-hmm. inspiration. Um, and so a lot of my guitar playing definitely is influenced by blues. Um, and it's, it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, definitely like this coming up year, uh, with touring, I have, uh, I'm hoping to bring out a, a bigger band than I normally do and break into some blues breaks and some, yeah. um, some kind of stuff like that. I'm really, really excited about. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, hopefully that will get to pan out this year. Oh, that's amazing. And, um, what about Golden? Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yes. So Golden was like one of the first happy songs I'd ever written. Cause I, like I said earlier with brand new, like, I just kind of struggled writing those. Like I didn't know how to. And, and Golden was kind of the, the key yeah. that I needed to unlock, like how to write joyful Christian songs. And so. Um, <laughs> it is hard because they can come across corny really quickly. They can. It's a real thing. And so I, yeah. I actually wrote that in lockdown. I was staying at my producer's house um, in lockdown for like a few weeks. And we just kind of came up with this cool track and um, just kind of wrote as fast as we could and just to see what we got. And I was really, really excited about that song. It's a really fun one to play live. Uh, I just enjoy that one so much. And so, um, yeah, that one, I, it's just a fun song. Like, it was, it's definitely inspired by, like, Prince um, mm. and Michael Jackson. Definitely inspired by them. I'm a big, like, MJ fan. So, yeah. Love it. It sounds like you've got good taste in music, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Mel. I really do. Um, I do. Uh, and when you're not writing music, what are you doing? Where where can we find oh, Kobe man, James? Let me think. I mean, <clears throat> I love hanging out with friends. I love coffee. Coffee's a really big thing for me. Um, yes. So I, I might be like making something with my AeroPress or my uh, my my pour over. Yeah, um, I like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love like fitness and like I go work out a lot and like um, maybe play basketball or something like that. Uh, it just depends. Like I, I, I'm up for whatever. I'm pretty. I'm a pretty uh, flexible person, so I, I'm always good for just a fun time. Awesome. And Christmas is coming up. Do you have any plans for Christmas? Oh my goodness, yes. So I, um, I'm going back to my family's house. Um, it's kind of the one time of the Aww. year we all get to be together, and I get to see all my extended family, which is so awesome. Like I'll see my dad's side and my mom's side, so that's going to be. So great. I probably haven't seen my mom. Oh, wow. I haven't seen my mom's side in, I mean, I don't know, a little over a year and a half probably. I mean, maybe two years. I haven't seen them. So it'll wow. be really, yeah. really, really good to see all them. And uh, uh, I just love Christmas so much because um, it's kind of, and this may be like the last few years we get to spend uh, Christmas in our house we grew up in because I think they're getting ready to kind of sell it and move on as we all Oh, no. I know. It's so sad when they, you lose the family home. All the memories. Like, so many memories. All the memories. Like, the, it's just sad to let them all go. But, you know, I have to put it in perspective. Like, it's just a house. And, you know, there's those memories will always be there. Mm. And we'll make new ones as time goes on, you know? Yeah. Can you share with us yeah. what does Christmas mean to you? <sighs> yeah, absolutely. To me, Christmas is all about family. Um, I think that's the coolest part about it is that um, no matter what like you believe or who you are, Christmas is important to you. Uh, and it brings families together. Sometimes it brings families that don't even talk together. Like mm-hmm. I definitely know like the relatives I hardly ever see, like I see on Christmas. And um, it's just that quality time that like you never get 
otherwise. Mm. And I love, I just love how important it is to everybody in my family and the traditions as cheesy as they are sometimes like brings us closer <laughs> together. Um, I thought I, I can remember many nights of us just like sitting up Christmas Eve, just like all talking around the couch and there's just lots of like love. And I really love that. And there's not a lot of things in life that yeah, bring everybody together so like Christmas does. And you mentioned traditions. I'm interested now. Yeah. Do you have any weird family traditions that you do every single year? I'm trying to think. Like, we definitely do, like, we have, like, weird, like, uh, I almost said rituals, but that sounds really weird. Like, we do, like, um, we do, like, like weird, like, patterns of, like, we always would, like, uh, all of us siblings would, like, sleep in the same room. And we'd oh, all, like, get cute. to be, like, so excited. We had, like, a little sleepover. And then we would always, like, we had, like, a balcony, like, a catwalk where we would walk to from the upstairs to the downstairs. A catwalk. And so we would always hang blankets. <laughs> we'd hang blankets up uh, so we couldn't see downstairs. Um, and we would, like, crawl uh crawl down the catwalk and like close our eyes so we wouldn't see like the christmas tree <laughs> and we'd go into our parents room it was like a weird That's thing we awesome. all did like, we wouldn't look we would never look at the presents until we like got our parents talk to them in the morning and all came out together like that's the only time we do oh, it oh that's so cute we did the opposite yeah. we would we would run out before our parents wake up and like try and feel all the presents to see what's in really? there. <laughs> i don't know why yes. i don't know why we did that it was looking back it's a little weird but it was definitely just like how we did things and then we'd always have my dad's side come over on christmas eve and then we'd always have my mom's side come over on christmas day Aww. and so that was just like that was a tradition, you know? Yep. That's so nice. They're all in the same place so you can kind of do <laughs> do it so close together. That's, that's so cool. right. That's right. Now, before we go, Kobe, we're going to head into your track, Homesick. Can you tell us what that one's all about and introduce it for us? Absolutely. <clears throat> so Homesick was a song that I wrote over the pandemic. Um, it was actually around the same time I wrote Golden. Um, but <clears throat> I think that song, the title actually came out of just me moving away and, and being homesick. I was like, wow, like this is tough. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to write a song about that because I already had songs about that, like New Roots and other songs. So I ended up thinking about how the whole world as a whole was dealing with this craziness that was going on and how this mm-hmm. is so broken. Like when you think about that, like a virus taking over and just being so rampant, like that is brokenness, that sin being in the world, that mm-hmm. That is not what God intended in the Garden of Eden. And mm. that's a result of our wrongdoings. And so I I definitely was like thinking of, of heaven. And I was listening to I Can Only Imagine on repeat during that time just because it is such a true message and such an interesting like thought process. And so I wanted to take that and write a heaven song, a song about looking forward and what when there, when the day comes, like when there will be no more tears, no more brokenness, no more pain. Uh, I've definitely dealt with a lot of pain in my life. Growing up, I was very sick. Um, I dealt with a lot of sickness. And so um, I know I know what that's like, and I know that's not what God intended. And so that I just wanted to have a song about hope and that this isn't it. Like this isn't just our home. Like we are we are away from home. We're far from home and, and our home is yet to come. Mm, I love that, Kobe. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. And quickly before we go, what's next for Kobe? What are you working on at the okay, moment? Okay, so right now we're working on, we have a new single picked out and I'm really, really excited <gasps> for it. Yay! I am. Uh, I'm super stoked. We have release dates and everything already scheduled uh, for next year. And so I'm really, really excited to put a new one out um, for radio. And uh, I actually have a feature on it. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but it's, it's a cool year. And I'm, I'm really, really hopeful and praying that the Lord uses it. And also that 
um, that tours come. I, I, we're already talking about touring in the spring, and that just gets me so excited. Uh, I'd love to go out and just play some more. And I, I definitely see some doors opening, um, and I just think that's so amazing. So uh, if you could be in prepared too, that'd be awesome just for this next year. Yeah. But um, I'm excited and excited to see what happens. Can you give us a little teaser on this new single? I can. Well, okay, I'll give you a – Can a, you? I'll, well, let me just tell you – uh, what it is. So it's not actually my song. It's a cover of a song. Uh, ah. it, it, uh, it's a song. It, it's by Mary Mary. Yeah. It's called uh, Shackle. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Yes. So I don't know if anybody knows that yet. So don't tell anybody except for the people listening to this. But, um, <laughs> except for everyone listening. <laughs> except for everyone in Australia. No, but I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. And it's my version of it. Um, and I have an amazing uh, singer on it with me. And I'm just really, really stoked to, uh, to get that out. So. Oh, that's so fun. I love that. I can't wait. Yes, it's going to be amazing. I'm so, so excited. When is that set to be released? Or are you not sure yet? We're looking at April-ish, I think. Okay. Looking at April. Amazing. Yeah, March, March to April. <laughs> is your manager in the background like, shh. Kobe, yeah, Kobe. Oh yeah, he's like, oh no. no. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm so excited, Kobe. <laughs> Thank you so much for having some time with us on Vision 180 and sharing your heart. We really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so much. This was a really good time. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.